Welcome to the Af Geeks podcast for athletes and geeks collide. This is the boxing edition on your host, Bakari Spells. No Adrian, as usual. Just me, solo dolo, as always. But unlike usual, today is not going to be a fight preview or a fight review. It's going to be a lightweight division review. And this is going to be a new series I'm starting uh, once every week or once every two weeks or however often I can get to a laptop and record. But yeah, it's going to be a lightweight review. Uh, we're going to go through some of the top fighters in the division, uh, review their last opponent, review their fighting styles, review what I project they should be doing in the future. Um, even though a lot of them probably won't do what I think they should do. But, you know, that's why their managers make the big bucks. And I'm, you know, making just enough to provide a family of five. Anyways, so let's get right to it, man. Starting off at number one in the lightweight division, the undisputed can only be one number one. Tiafima Lopez. Um, if you're not familiar with Tiafima Lopez, shit. He's undisputed with less than 20 fights over his belt. A perfect blend of speed, power, and skill, and size. He's very big for the lightweight division. He probably blows up to about 160. He could probably get up to middleweight, probably fight comfortably at welterweight, a super welterweight, before his career is over with. But while he's at the lightweight division, he's undisputed champion. Last fight was Lomachenko. Late last year, he has not fought in almost a year, and he's not slated to fight until October 10th, if I'm not mistaken, October 4th, and that'll be George Camboso, so some fighter from Australia that's undefeated, but that's not really a skill to a female. So, huh, the question with him is, is he focused, and is he truly skilled? Because until he fought Lomachenko, we didn't see as much as the boxing ability that we thought we would from Teofimo Lopez. Uh, he was more of a power puncher, uh, maybe even more like a pull counter puncher. You know, he caught you a one shot and then you were asleep. So there wasn't too much boxing going on with him. Now, he did showcase in a couple of fights before. Uh, he fought the Scottish dude. And, you know, he went and worked to the body. He, he mixed up his punches. Uh, but it's kind of easy to do that when you're going against inferior talent. I mean, the really... There's only to me, he only had true two true real fights, and that was Richard Comey, which he had to get the IBF belt to even get the fight with T, uh Lomachenko, and then he had Nakatani, who Lomachenko just dismantled. And I don't know if that was a lack of focus, something going on at home, but Tiafimo did not perform well in that fight. So, that being said, was that a skill gap or was that a focus gap? And I'm gonna go with the latter. Because when he's locked in, like he is with Lomachenko, he's dominant. He's the best fighter in the division. And that's no matter whether Lomachenko's hurt or not. Tiafimo's the best. And if he went up to 140, he'd probably be in the top three there too. So where where can he improve? Uh, Probably just cut out distractions. I mean, you, I said he hasn't fought in a year, but he was supposed to fight in July. Got that pushed back because of COVID. And I mean, that's... Whether you vaccinated or not, it's hard not to get it. But at the same time, I don't think he was doing everything he needed to do to protect himself, such as get the vaccine. But that's not that's not a discussion for this pod. Um, yeah, so this focus cut out some of the, the yes men around him. I think he has way too many yes men. That's why he's doing his childish things, like trying to postpone the fight, uh, trying to get a move from Australia to New York, which he eventually did. But a fight that was slated to start in July got delayed to August and got, got delayed to October. You know what I'm saying? He he's only gonna fight once this year and he's undisputed. And then he's supposed to be slated for either a rematch with Lomachenko or another fight. He hasn't made his first title defense. And he won all four of those titles last year. So where is his focus at? 
Um, what's my projection for Tiafimo? I think he's gonna move to one forty. I think he's gonna defend his title once, say he did it, and there's no one that he wants to see at one thirty five that can really like either entice him that he think he can easily beat, or that's worth risking all those belts. Because you know, there's only so many people. I think there's only like four active fighters right now that I can say there's ever been undisputed. I think Terence Crawford is definitely one. Uh, what's his name? Alexander Usyk is one. Uh, shit. I'm missing one. It's one you wouldn't expect. It's, it's escaping me. I don't think Anthony Joshua is one. I think he has like three. Either way, I'll look it up and I'll probably discuss it, you know, whenever I cover those fighters' divisions. So, I think he moves up to 140. I think he probably still runs into Devin Haney, who's at 135 right now as well. And funny fact about the undisputed thing, Devin Haney actually has the true WC belt, but Lomachenko was like a WDC franchise champion, so it still counts for Tia Female. But they have some type of weird internet beef, but they won't fight each other. So hopefully we see that at 140 because they're both pretty big for the lightweight division. And Devin Haney doesn't have that much knockout power. So I think that that would be a good fight for Tia Fimo to, you know, test his skill at a higher division, at a higher weight against a fighter that can't really harm him. But Devin Haney, Devin Haney can 100% outbox Tia Fimo. So I'll get into that. I'll probably get into that matchup a little later. Uh, moving on to number two. On my top five, Javante Davis. Uh, some of y'all may know him as Tank. Some of y'all may know him as Floyd Mayweather's protege. Um, he holds no actual belt at 135. I think he has a WBA regular title, but that doesn't really mean shit. Um, like I said, Tia Fimo's undisputed. He has all the belts that matter. Devin Haney has the other belt that kind of matters, should matter, but doesn't really matter, depending on who you talk to. So Javante Davis is out there with a WBA regular belt at 135 and 140. His last fight was against Mario Barrios at 140. He won that by knockout. He knocked Barrios down three times in the last three rounds that they fought. Um, his fighting style is just, it depends on who it is. Sometimes it's pressure when he sees, you know, it's time to kill. Sometimes it's more of a wait and seize. It's not really a perfect mirror image of Floyd, but you can see the influence of what attracted Floyd to Javante because Javante is kind of judicious with his punches at first. He's he's so quick and so athletic that he can avoid getting hit, um, at least by anything that really hurts. So a lot of times you'll see him kind of feel his way, and then when he feels like the opponent can't hurt him or he feels like uh, he just feels like it's time for him to hurt his opponent, then he really locks in and he pushes. Um, so for me, I think where Javante needs to improve it's probably just like T female off the, off the <laughs> off the field, out of the range distractions. Um, he has a court case right now that he has to work through. He may not even be able to fight next year. Um, he needs to focus on his weight. I mean, he started off as a one, I want to say a one twenty six pounder. Quickly moved up to one thirty. He lost a belt one time because he was weighed out of the scales. Um. He bounced between 135, he bounced between 140. So he's he spanned four weight divisions at a very young age. And, I mean, he's not doing this like Floyd's doing it. He's not doing it for championship-level fights, honestly. I mean, he's getting these regular titles, but those aren't really worth the pay-per-view buys that they have to buy to see it. So, for me, I want to see him stick out one weight division for, you know, at least four fights, make himself dominant, try and be undisputed in a, in a division, or at least try and catch him more than one belt in a division. And just really push himself. He's so talented. He could probably be 
he could be top 10 pound for pound just off time alone. I have him at the very fringe of it. And the only reason he's not there is because of the level of fights that he's been taking. The last fight that I think he has really been challenged or that was actually a good level fight in terms of ability was Jose Pedraza. And that was in like 2017. It's 21-21 right now. So that's four years. Yeah, I probably hear my kids in the background, man, doing family man shit. But uh, moving on down the list, shit, we halfway through already. Oh, sorry. I didn't give you guys a projection for Javante. My projection, he probably sticks around at 135. I think that division vacates soon. I told you Devin Haney and Tia Fimo are both pretty large for the division. So they're probably going to leave and vacate those titles. So that's four belts up for the taking. Javante has to be a mandatory for at least one of them. Or if he's not, he can probably beat whoever gets it. Uh, Lomachenko will probably stick around at 135. I don't think he beats Javante Davis anymore. Uh, not with Javante Davis's strength and him getting dropped by Jorge Linares. Um, so that's what I would do if I was Javante or I was advising Javante. Stick around at 135. You have plenty of time to get around at 140 because you're going to, you know, you're going to gain weight, but at least beat some of those naysayers. Get yourself some belts. Get yourself a resume. Get in that pound for pound list and justify the money that you're throwing at the pay-per-view stuff. You're an exciting fire, but your resume doesn't speak to your skill. Make them even out, and then you'll see, you know, this whole bunch of doors open up for you. I'm talking like he actually listened to this fucking podcast. All right, number three, the elder statesman of the group, and really the only elder statesman of the group, Vasily Lomachenko. Whew, the Ukraine savage boy. He's probably one of my favorite fighters on this list. Actually, I like all the fighters on this list except the last one. Um, his last fight was against Nakatani, uh, who I told you before, gave to Fima Lopez a lot of trouble. And honestly, probably beat Lopez. But, you know, scorecards and promotion companies kind of go hand in hand. And Teofimo is the racehorse that's going to feed the company. So, anyhow, the question with Lomachenko is, it's not his skill. It's not his will. It's not his focus. It's wear and tear. He had over 300 amateur fights. He's 30-plus. He had multiple surgeries. How long can he last? And will he last? Because he really wants to fight Tiafimo Lopez. I don't know if he has motivation to continue boxing besides fighting Tiafimo because he wanted to be undisputed. He had three of the four. He ran into Tiafimo. He allegedly had a shoulder injury going into the fight that was supposed to cancel the fight, but he wanted to continue. So that excuse isn't really an excuse because you put yourself in that ring. And he didn't throw into the seventh round. And you can't, you can't win a fight down six rounds already. So, what does he do? Um, and that leads us right into our projection. Does he stay at 135 or does he go back down to 130? I am a fan of him going down to 130. 135 is huge for him. And he's not a big guy. 130, he could probably make the weight fairly easily. I feel like he trains all year round. Um, it's, not a lot of, it's not a lot of danger at 130 for me, for him. I mean, you have Shakur Stevenson, you have Jamel Heron, you got Oscar Valdez. All those guys are great fighters, and we'll cover them probably in the next episode. We'll probably go down and then back up, kind of start in the middle of the weight classes. But I don't think either one of them could beat Lomachenko in a boxing match. Now, there's always a lucky punch, but a boxing match, Lomachenko's beat any of those guys. Shakur Stevenson is probably the most challenging one because he doesn't like to get hit. But neither is Lomachenko. So who out thinks who has a better boxing computer? And I'm going to go with the guy with 400 amateur fights, damn near. So Lomachenko, my projection for him, will he go back down? Hmm. It really just depends on how fast Tiafima goes. Tiafima might string him along and just fuck with him. 
act like he's going to stay at 135 and just jump to 140 and then Lomachenko's stuck waving in the wind. But I think he's going to go back down to 130 or I'll retire. He has nothing else to prove. He's been a number one pound-for-pound pound fighter. He had three of the four belts. That's probably as close as he's going to get at this age because it's real hard to unify a division with, you know, these belts scattered all over the place and fighters ducking each other. It'll probably take him four years to unify another division, and he doesn't have that type of time because he's only fighting once a year. Um, So my projection, he goes back down to 130, or he retires as a coin flip. Really depends on how he feels and what his dad tells him to do. Um, he's supposed to, he's supposed to fight Richard Comey in November, in December. We'll see how that goes. Um, it'll probably be an easy dub to be honest with you. Moving into number four, and this is about to wrap up our time pretty soon. Uh, Devin Haney and Devin Haney can be a lot higher on his list if he had more knockout power. And that's one of his weaknesses. It's, it's not his skill. It's not his focus. He's all that. I've never, I've never seen Devin Haney fight and be like, damn, what the hell is he doing? He just can't knock people out. He's knocked people out early in the career, but those are easy people to knock out. His last fight against Yorokas Gamboa and um, Jorge Linares are both aged fighters, well past the prime. Jorge Linares still has some pop to him. He hurt Devin, but Devin couldn't stop Jorge, and that concerns me because, once again, you're big for the division. You're going to be moving up to 140, and maybe cutting weight to make 135 is taking away some of your power. But there's some big boys at 140, and even them are really ready to move up to 147. So can you hang with the big dogs when it's really getting into a firefight? I'm not sure. Lenar is stunned him, but he is very defensively sound. He barely, rarely ever gets rocked. That's my first time actually seeing him get rocked. So Devin Haney, uh, I talked a lot of negative. Let's talk some of the good stuff about him. Uh, I said it already. He's highly skilled, defensive prowess. Um, Probably out of the young fighters, probably the one that reminds me the closest to Mayweather, just how he approaches boxing, not getting hit, winning on the scorecards. He knows his strength. He knows he's not that strong, but he knows he doesn't have to be because you can't hurt him because you can't touch him. The only reason he got hit by Lenares is because he got in a firefight trying to go for the knockout. So I think if he stays true to himself, no, he may not be a big pay-per-view buy, but he'll be a winner regardless, and he'll probably go out on top. Um, projection. Probably 140 next fight, like the very next fight. He doesn't even have a fight announced. Ryan Garcia won't fight him. Teofimo Lopez won't fight him. Lomachenko probably would fight him, but I don't think he really wants that Lomachenko smoke. So Lomachenko is probably the only dude that can beat him IQ-wise. So I see him moving up to 140. There's some easy fights up there for him. Jose Ramirez is the fight I like to see because Styles makes fights. Jose Ramirez is a pressure fighter, high-volume puncher. Devin Haney is a counter-puncher. So I, I love to see that. It didn't work out last time. Jose Ramirez fought like a well-balanced fighter in Josh Taylor. So maybe that's a chance to redeem himself. And Jose has a lot of good size, so Devin Haney can't, like, outsize him. Um, yeah, man, Devin Haney, 140. Jose Ramirez or, uh, uh hell, who else is there? It's, it's not a lot of names in 140, so it's a quick chance to make a name for yourself. Uh, it is it is undisputed, Josh Taylor. So you got you gotta be smart because Josh Taylor only probably has one more fight. You got a title defense, and he's probably going to one forty seven. So you know, Devin Haney likes to talk a lot of shit, call out a lot of names. But if you go to one forty, pipe all that shit down. 
Cause that nigga Josh Taylor, he a white boy, but still, he that nigga Josh Taylor will sleep you. Um, last but not least, well, last but to me least, but not least in the top ten, but top five, Ryan Garcia. <sighs> I don't have a lot of positive to say, so it's going to sound a lot negative. It's going to sound like a lot of negative. I think he's a hype job. He has a lot of talent. He's a he's electric. He's fast. Knockout power that belies his size. I mean, the dude is scrawny, but he's wiry strong. And he throws that hook so fast, the left hook, the check hook. He has a nice uppercut, a fast jab. I mean, everything offensively is great just because the combination of speed, power. But his defense has a lot to be desired. He got stunned. He got knocked down by Luke Campbell. He barely made the count, in my opinion. If Luke was more aggressive, I thought he tried to be patient. If Luke was more aggressive, he probably would have sucked Ryan Garcia. But Ryan Garcia's biggest weakness isn't, like a lot of these fighters, isn't actually his skill set. He is a little weak defensively because he's kind of stagnant with his feet. He doesn't do a lot, give you a lot of head movement. But the biggest thing with Ryan Garcia is his mental health. He had a lot of struggles with his mental health, and that's not a knock on his person just as a boxer because he's taking breaks that address his mental health. But once again, I fully support. But it's, it's fucking with his career because the last time he fought was last year. And it's looking like, if I know his trend, he probably won't fight this year because you hear his name rumored in a lot of fights, but it's almost October. And so if you want to fight in the fourth quarter, it was a very quick turnaround, a very quick training count. You had a very long layoff. So it's either going to be a very, very, very unappealing tune-up fight or you're going to be putting yourself in danger trying to rush into something. So rather than doing any of that, I would prefer him, and I think he would prefer as well, to take a bigger name, a JoJo Diaz, a Devin Haney, a Javante Davis. He called out all three of them and says he was out to be his next fight. So take that fight, top of 2022, January, February, February time frame, Valentine's Day. It's a good one for a kid like him. And, you know, take that and you run with it and give yourself time to train, get back together, get your head right. You know, God be with you. And, you know, you take it from there. My projection for him. He probably takes a tune-up fight in December. And then you don't see him again until August. And then when you see him, it'll probably be one of Javante Davis or whoever's left in 135. He's not ready to get up to 140. I don't think so. But yeah. 18 minutes, man. That's the last, that's the last of my top five. There's a couple of them floating around 135 that aren't really worth talking about, so I'm not really going to waste time. Jojo Diaz, it's, it's, don't, I don't even going to start with that bullshit. Look, top five has been spit. This is my list. Um, if you guys have any problems with it, oh, fucking well. Um, but it's been fun rocking it with you guys, man. I'm going to try and get you guys with the junior lightweight division next, or I might go super lightweight or junior welterweight division. Those are the same one, just two different names. That's how boxing works. But, hey, as always, it's been fun rocking out with you guys. I love you guys. Um, Remember to always, always respect women, and we out.